Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Today, Paul wants everyone, just like Taylor Swift, to please just calm down. This is Day 17. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's Word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story He's writing for each of us every day. I don't even know that, that reference. That was for you, Brendan. You need to calm <laughs> I'm down. I'm not that big of a Swifty. <laughs> I haven't heard her I'm not either, but like I new... listen to the radio. Yeah. No, it's I don't the listen whole... to radio. You should watch the video. I'll show you later. I don't I just, know I just that listen either. to sports radio. Yeah. Welcome back to day 17. We're in the home stretch in the last week. Going strong. Never loved Philippians more than right now. Day 17. It's day good. 17. Pressing I'm, on. I'm joined once again by Brendan Lang. Hey. And Melissa Payne. Hi. Which rhymes. <laughs> I don't know if you knew oh, that. Been, <laughs> we have been, We've gotten some critical feedback yes, that it doesn't rhyme. That but, it does not rhyme. But at the a, very least, it has some alliteration mm, or something in there. It sounds good together. It does. Lang and pain. It sounds good. Hoff just doesn't. What does Hoff sound good Hoff. with? Hoff. I'm a loner, and I'm <laughs> fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Fits your personality. Yep. Something like that. <laughs> Question for you. If you could be an expert in one field, what would that be? And I'm not saying like planted field. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm not like oh. not, not like Is a crop. I'm not talking about crops. <laughs> I'm saying like a field of study or expertise oh, okay. or something like that. As if you had one area you could be an expert in, like immediately, like you were just there, mm. what would it be? I mean, I think I would naturally go towards what my degree is in because I love it and I yeah. just want to know more about it. So Are you psychoanalyzing me right now? Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I would probably say psychology or counseling, you know, something in that area. I mean, it's not fun. Some could be in, really. I mean, it, that's so. Fun. Do you want to pick one that's fun? <laughs> I'm picking one that's fun. I don't know. I know that I feel like that's like, oh, it's typical. It's like, oh, that's what you would do. Brendan, what would you do? Is this for professional reasons or for just like no, life? Just whatever, general? whatever. Fine. What are what okay. is like a field that you're like, man, I wish I could do that. I'm thinking like we talked about how you were a concierge. I want to know like all the insider <laughs> vacation this tips. Is, this oh. is attainable for you. This, okay. is, this is very easy. <laughs> yeah. It just means you need to travel more. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. I'm saying like, I want to figure out how I can do it for free. Well, Tyler's going to start mm-hmm. some classes here soon mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in the mornings right. that you can take. Yeah. How to travel hack <laughs> you know, and do it, get those points. Live it up. I do yeah. have some friends that do that. It's crazy. Know. It's just all about flexibility. The more flexible you are, the it more really you can is. just like save money. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Brendan's like, oh, that's not me. I, know. <laughs> I can't do that. So. Well, what about you, Tyler? What would you love to be an expert in? Kid version of me would be like, oh, marine biology. Oh, for right? sure. No, mm. everything about plants and it. Like yes. every time I'm near the ocean, I'm like, what's this animal? What's mm-hmm. this thing? Like, right. If I just knew all that, that'd be pretty cool. That sounds like all of scuba diving. Yeah. My son <laughs> loves son. <laughs> animals. He will probably be a vet or something. Yeah. He probably like watches the YouTube videos about sharks and knows mm-hmm. everything you could ever want to know. Yeah. But another thing I'd love to be an expert in is like when I do travel, there's so much like architecture and stuff mm-hmm. around you that you just don't even know the significance of. So I guess it'd be like history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a historian. Like Brendan. Yeah. I wish I was more like Brendan. You could I'm take classes from Brendan. That'd be great. About so we'll swap. We'll yeah. do one class for you on how to travel <laughs> flexibly. And uh, there you go. The other one, the other way. And then I'll just analyze everything you're doing and tell you. Great. Psychoanalyze it. And figure out why I like marine <laughs> biology. Exactly. Why does it bring me joy? 
Well, today, Paul says that no matter what knowledge you gain, there's something that transcends all of that, and that's peace. Mm. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding. Even your understanding of marine biology and architecture. I mean, maybe, I don't know, because I've not been a marine biologist. And I would would like to argue that that is in pursuit of fully understanding and knowing creation. But that's a different conversation. I think you could be at peace there, too. Yeah, I know. I'm always at peace at the ocean. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. So, Brendan, why don't you take us through our commentary so we can figure out what Paul is on about with all this peace stuff. Day 17, the transcendent peace of God. As his letter begins to close, Paul shares a number of short, succinct instructions, as he frequently does toward the end of his letters. At first glance, these quick commands might seem random and unrelated, but they actually reiterate themes we've seen throughout the letter. For example, Paul writes in verse 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. This relates to Paul's previous command, Join together in following my example, Philippians 3.17. Or again in verse 4, Paul instructs readers to rejoice. This is a verb Paul has already used six times in this letter. Paul's most famous command in this section also relates to things he has said earlier, but in an ironic way. In verse 6, Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything. This is ironic because Paul has already admitted to having anxiety in this letter. It is also ironic because this is a behavior that seems to be commended elsewhere in this letter. The word translated here as anxious is the same word translated as concern in Philippians 2.20. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. However, Paul is not commanding the Philippians to suddenly stop having all feelings of anxiety, and he isn't telling them not to have concern for others. Instead, Paul is instructing them to let go of counterproductive thoughts that reflect a doubt that the Lord is near and to replace their worry with prayer. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 5, and 6. Paul then goes on to share a promise about what they could experience if they would give their concerns to God in prayer. He writes in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This promise would have been particularly striking for Paul's original Philippian readers. At the time this letter was written, Philippi was home to a contingent of Roman soldiers whose task was to guard something that was considered the pride of the Roman Empire, the Pax Romana, or the Roman peace. In these verses, Paul plays off these familiar images to teach that God promises a type of peace that transcends anything they could understand, even the celebrated peace of Rome. Where Rome's peace needed to be guarded by soldiers, God's peace is so great that the very peace itself can guard our hearts and our minds. This teaching is just as true for us today. We live in an anxious and restless culture, but God doesn't want us to worry about what will come or what will be. He wants us to be consumed by peace, to find rest in the fact that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is near. All he asks is that we surrender our worried thoughts and trust him to guide us in the way that he alone can. For day 17, we're reading Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Melissa, do you want to take us through our discussion questions today and give us some time to reflect and journal? Question one. 
In Philippians 4.8, Paul instructs his readers to focus their thoughts on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. What does this look like in practice? What are some negative thoughts you need to eliminate from your thinking? What are some excellent thoughts you could dwell on more? Second question. According to Philippians 4.6, what should be included in our prayers for peace? What are some anxious concerns you need to give to God in prayer? Use this time to give God your own prayer. So we went to Greece. And there was a little bit of anxiety going there just because we wanted to bring <laughs> everything that was happening. We really, really had good intentions for wanting to tell the story of Philippi mm-hmm. and Philippians and make it come alive for people. One of the things that we found is that's kind of hard when you put that pressure on yourself. But when we started to get into it, you know, we were able to release that a little bit. But a one of the bit. things that we were able to mm-hmm. experience was this battlefield. And there's a picture of it in the book for the reading today. Yeah. And Brendan, this is critical to Philippi, we've talked about it, even yeah. for the context of settling Philippi, yep. was this battle that happened. But it has a lot to do with their association with peace. Can you give us some background on that? How does this fit all together here? Basically, in 42 BC, this was after Julius Caesar was assassinated. He's yeah. stabbed yeah. in the back. Yep. <laughs> Literally. I don't know. There's there's uh, some Shakespeare about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the play. Yeah. Et tu brute? Et tu brute. He's stabbed in the back, and there's basically this war that takes place outside Philippi in these fields just outside the city. And it's between Octavian, who would later become Caesar Augustus, Mm -hmm. and Mark Antony. They fought against Brutus and Cassius. And after a few weeks of fighting and stuff like this, Brutus and Cassius died. I think they lost this battle. They lost this battle. They they were killed. They committed suicide. And so... After that battle, Mark Antony, Octavian win. Some of the soldiers who fought victoriously were allowed to settle in Philippi. And this is why it becomes a Roman colony, essentially. Later on, Mark Antony and Octavian have their own issues and they fight for control of the Roman Empire. And Octavian eventually wins. And in 31 BC, he actually gives Philippi more rights, more privileges than they Mm -hmm. had at this time. So this is the story of Philippi. And soon after this, Augustus declares that there would be something known as the Pax Romana, which is this idea that there would be peace throughout the empire. Because now for quite some time, life in the Roman Empire had been characterized by warfare, by strife, by civil war, all these things. Mm -hmm. And now Augustus, he essentially declares, hey, there's going to be a time of peace. It was actually called his gospel. It was the good news of the Roman Empire. There would be Hmm. peace now. And there were a lot of good things about this. It actually helped in a lot of ways for Christianity to spread in ways that it may not have if the Pax Romana didn't exist. A lot of people to sort of safely travel through the lands and after worry about battles and things like this going on. But I think this is actually the image that Paul wants to play off of here in Philippians. This is the good news. This is the pride and joy of the Roman Empire, their Pax Romana, their peace. And Paul's saying, hey, there's actually a different type of peace you can get that exceeds what the Roman peace was able to offer. Paul's named already in this book that he has anxiety yeah. about things he's worrying mm-hmm. about things. He's perpetuating this metaphor of like this inner war, mm-hmm. inner turmoil that we have, and then comparing it to worldly peace, things that man can say and declare that, oh, there's peace, but then saying for your internal yeah. struggle and your internal war, yeah. there's only one answer for that. 
It's the peace that comes from God. And I would say that the Roman peace, the Pax Romana, it was propaganda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was basically something that bolstered Augustus's power. There were some good things about it, but it was also about him assuming more and more control. Sure. Right. If there's peace, that means no one also is fighting Can against take you. Him yeah. Down. Yeah. yeah. That's very exactly. convenient. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, other things like this, it helped solidify his control. We'll just say that. Yeah. And so it was very selfish. And Jesus, he offers us a type of peace, but it's not about propaganda. It's actually about him pouring out of himself to us. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Paul being our example on how to put some of this stuff into practice. Paul's following Jesus' example, so Paul's our example, or mm-hmm. the people in Philippi, he's their example on how to live correctly. Yeah. And he even names that he struggles with anxiety. Yeah. And then in this passage, he says, put some of these things I'm saying, yeah. put the things you've learned into practice. Yeah. What does that mean? to put it into practice. So I think it's interesting you bring up this idea. He mentions the fact that he had anxiety in chapter two. You remember this story of Epaphroditus comes, he's worried about him and how things would shake out. Well, what we see throughout the letter is Paul actually modeling some of the things he says here. So he says, do not be anxious, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, I Mm -hmm. think that's really important, present your request to God. And so from the very beginning of the letter, he's sort of been modeling this. First off, he says grace and peace. Mm-hmm. Remember, he used that word yeah. peace right there at the very beginning because he wants them to have peace. And then immediately after that, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And then he goes on and he talks about how thankful he is for different mm. things, specifically for the Philippians. But he's modeling already like this mm-hmm. attitude of thanksgiving. And again, think about his situation. He's in prison, like life at least from a worldly perspective, is pretty bad, but he's got joy. Mm -hmm. He's got peace. He's content. We're going to read about that in tomorrow's reading. And it's because he knows that God is in control. The Lord is near and that God is still orchestrating and working things out. He's in control. And so he can thank God for the good things, even in the midst of bad things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny reading this verse today because yesterday I had so much anxiety about mm. some things I was working on here in the office. And it was just things that I could not control and I couldn't get people to do what I wanted them to do. And so I just felt all this pressure and all this anxiety. And then we read this today. And honestly, even just reading it, I feel like brings peace over me because I am reminded that Mm. I'm not in control. The outcome does not depend on what I do, that ultimately God is in control. Tomorrow is another day. You're going to wake up. Life is going to continue. And so I think we just build it up and we get in this place where we feel like we have to be in control. Yeah. I don't want to breeze past to this idea of Paul really is in turmoil here. Mm -hmm. Like think about Paul's life. Yeah. He's going city after city, Mm -hmm. getting thrown in jail. Yeah often getting beaten. Like you imagine what this guy's back must've looked like. The amount of scarring, like you could not recognize this dude Mm -hmm. from who he was when he was a Pharisee. There's no way that this guy's struggle can be overstated. Mm -hmm. He's been through pretty much every sort of abuse possible. Right. Starvation, Mm -hmm. whipping. Mm -hmm. He's completely cut off from people he loves. And it's kind of interesting because these are very physical and obvious Mm -hmm. ways that he's struggling and that could give him anxiety. Like, when's my next beating? Yeah. Right. What's the next physical pain I'm going to experience? Am I even going to get out of prison? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When's my next meal? I mean, he doesn't know. Yep. And it's only through the church that he knows some of those things. But I think it's interesting because we try to place that as the struggle that is very apparent Mm -hmm. to us. We don't want to downplay that because like he went before us and 
struggled in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But this is so real to our world, mm-hmm. we just can't see it. Like people aren't dealing with necessarily physical pain all the time. But the amount of anxiety that people carry inside of them in mm-hmm. our society today mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And so this is the thing that was striking to me reading this today is how I don't know that anybody in our world can read this and not feel like it's speaking directly to them. Right. And I, d- I wouldn't want to minimize like anxiety in our world today. Either. Right. Yeah. No, there, exactly. There are all sorts of reasons why people, I mean, I feel anxiety all the time and Paul admits it. And so it's not that anxiety just magically goes away. Right. You yeah. say right. Prayer, oh, I'm, I'm better. But it's this confidence and trust and handing things over. I mean, I think what's really key is he says right before this, the Lord is near. It's hanging on to the truth that I know that one God is close to me, but also Jesus is going to be returning mm-hmm. sometime. And I think mm-hmm. that's a little bit what he's getting at. And he's going to turn things things right eventually. And so it's admitting the fact that I'm going to do my best with a situation. Mm -hmm. Things may not go the way I expect. And that's okay because God still is in control. I can still do my best, but admit that God's in control. And that's really hard because I think we put so much pressure on ourselves and we think that if we succeed, if we accomplish Mm -hmm. all all these sorts of things, then life will magically be better. That's not really how it works. No. And it's interesting how much pressure students put on themselves and whether it's from their parents or their own pressure to succeed or have the best grades or to get into this college. It has created this world of anxiety and depression, and it sends them kind of into this tailspin. And like you said, Brendan, it's not like a magic thing that is just going to turn off the anxiety, you know, like, oh, I read this. I feel so much better now. But I think it's a constant everyday moment by moment being reminded that God's peace is what can bring us joy. And in the midst of these feelings, in the midst of this anxiety, I can trust that there's something bigger and better. Reading this passage, I'm like, is there a more relevant passage to our society today? Right. Our society struggles so much with this. Mm-hmm. The expectation of what you think you need to achieve mm-hmm. right? or what you think you need to be able to do to please somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the amount of pressure that people deal with. Yeah you're not being fair to yourself. And so, yeah, I don't want to minimize the anxiety that people have to go through. And honestly, if you need help with that, you should definitely reach out Mm willowcreek.org. We have resources to get you plugged in when you need professional help because we're also not saying, hey, just pray more. Right. There's a process that I am an advocate for counseling, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all are, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the thing that you can see in this letter too. Paul's anxiety Mm -hmm. and his actual physical needs are often met by community Mm -hmm. and the church. Mm -hmm. And the church can be that. That's what we're called to be is take care of and lift each other up. And this is just one more area that we can do that. I mean, I love this last command he gives. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever Mm -hmm. is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because another form of anxiety is worry. We're always worried about like what's going to happen. And the Philippians would have dealt with this. If I'm faithful to Christ, well, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to suffer and be injured and persecuted like Paul is? They have no idea. We can worry about whatever might happen, but the truth is the future is out of our control. Mm -hmm. We can do our best, but there are so many other forces at play. And so we have to sometimes just lay down that control and Mm -hmm. maybe turn our mind to the positive. Like what actually is good? It's a mindset thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, these words are profound. What is true? Mm -hmm. What is noble? Mm -hmm. Right? Pure? lovely, mm-hmm. like that's a mindset shift. If you wake up with those like five words, mm-hmm. it's our new live, laugh, love right yeah. there. Yeah. 
those words like that's that would true. reframe everything the way that we think about it and like think about those things dwell yeah. on those things right. versus the things that you're not reaching for or not matching up with in your own expectation or somebody else's mm-hmm. expectation yeah. yeah and we can look at our world and say man it seems like our country is just going to crap it, mm-hmm. sure. you know, yeah, it, 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 it might look like, like the world is going to rubbish mm-hmm. going to rubbish <laughs> <laughs> but think how many other good things are happening yeah. you know in our right. lives and our church and our world and when you do that, mm-hmm. it just helps your day so much. It helps right. me at least so much yeah. when I focus on what's good and not on the things that are negative or bring me down. It reminds me of the verse in scripture that talks about taking captive your thoughts. When we turn them over to God, that's when we begin to focus on the positive things and not the negative. And I think that's when God begins to renew our minds and the things that he wants us to see and focus on. And just like you were saying, when we focus on the things that God is actually doing, mm-hmm then it takes our minds off of the things that we're struggling with, maybe personally, or even the things that we see in this world. And so I love that idea of looking at the positive of what's right and what's Mm -hmm. pure and what's noble, because it can really change your mindset instead of just staying in that negative. I also don't want to discount, you know, some people are listening to this and they're like, you don't know. I know. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know in my life what is noble or admirable or what is true. Like, Mm -hmm. so you don't know. And you know what? That's okay, too. I think so. It's a struggle for sure. We don't want to discount that. Absolutely. it's a journey and a path that we just have to Mm -hmm. keep pushing forward on. And sometimes that pain makes us who we need to be for Mm -hmm. the future. Sometimes those things that we go through that are not ideal or are confusing Mm -hmm. and difficult. And maybe every day you wake up crying and you end the day crying. Mm -hmm. But... You're being shaped for some purpose Mm -hmm. and you don't know what that is. It might be just to help somebody else and that's okay. I wouldn't say that God's like always the cause of suffering. A lot of suffering just happens. That's just how the world is. And there are a lot of books in the Bible that address this. I mean, that's in a lot of ways the story of Job, but God can always take suffering Mm -hmm. and use it for good. He can take bad things that happen in life and use it for good. I think our world needs this more than anything, right? This is the issue of our age Mm -hmm. is anxiety. And people need answers to this. Mm -hmm. They need help with this because Mm -hmm. otherwise they'll just quit. Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with this and you can't blame them. And people say all the time, like, oh, what does the Bible say about this? You know, what does the Bible say about depression or anxiety? Well, Paul talks about it right here. Pretty clear, yeah, turns out. But I think also it's so important to have relationships or people that you can trust in to tell these things to. Because I know for me, when I'm in that place, I just feel like I can go to people that I trust and maybe share those things and not feel judged or feel like I can't be this honest and this real. Being known. Yeah. And then just, and then for them to just say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I'm going to walk with you through this. And so I think there is that importance of Paul talking to the church and knowing that he had these people that were supporting him and walking him through it as well. So, you know, a lot of people listen to this and they're like, okay, easy for you guys to say, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we all deal with this. Yeah. So my question is, where do you guys struggle with anxiety? Let's like make this real. Because mm-hmm. Paul does that in his letter. We're mm-hmm. supposed to follow his example. Where do you find yourselves needing to be reminded on a daily basis that you should focus on these things that are pure and noble and true and give your anxiety up to God? I shared a little bit just a second ago, but I think pressures of projects and things that you're working on can always be a source of anxiety no matter where you work, you know? I mean, here we are in a church, but I still feel pressure to perform or I put that on myself. And I think when I realize that I've gotten to a place where I can't 
handle it anymore that, I mean, I have to go to God. Like I prayed all the way home from work yesterday, just asking God to like calm my heart and my spirit because it was something that I couldn't control. And I know that kind of sounds like the church answer, but for me, honestly, it is, it's talking to God and also just being honest about how I'm feeling. It's not always pretty when I talk to God. It's raw. I feel anxiety in all <laughs> areas, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I, I have worry yeah. at times. Mm-hmm. I definitely have it with work. Mm-hmm. I think with work, and this is true for me, and I think it's probably true for most people when it comes to work, it's I'm tying myself too much to work and mm. how people view yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And if I do a good job, mm-hmm. what does that say about me as a person? You know, yeah. I mean, I always have anxiety about these journey studies. Like we'll work on them for a long time and there's a whole bunch of people who contribute. But when it goes to print, we send it out to, you know, a lot is of people. A typo? Your yeah. name yeah. is on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, totally. I have anxiety about that. I have yeah. anxiety every time I get on a stage and preach. I have anxiety. Anytime I'm doing something where I'm allowing people's perception of me to define how I think about yeah. myself. Oh, man. And so it's That's always good. a struggle to remember that, hey, again, my identity isn't tied to mm-hmm. what other people think. Mm-hmm. It's tied to what God says about me. And so I need to release those things. But it's not easy. And it wasn't easy for Paul either. Yeah. I'd say like right now what I'm struggling with most is I'm coming to terms with who I am. Mm-hmm. And who I am is very empathetic. And so I either very much lean into people Mm -hmm. and try to empathize with where they're at, which means that I really care about them and almost feel the things that they're going through. Or I know that I'm going to do that. I try to push everybody away, (laughs) right? Like I do not. You don't want to feel everything. I can't carry everybody's thing. And so what gives me anxiety is that those people I do let into my life, I care and carry so much of what they're feeling Mm -hmm. because I want to make them better or make them stop suffering Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And that's the realization is like, I can't do that. Right. Yeah. That's something I fully have to release. Well, and especially if they aren't doing that. I think yeah. I've, right. I had a conversation with someone else who has the same concerns and worries. And it's yeah. like, why are you worrying for this person if that person may not even be worrying for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's like parents being yeah. a parent. Like yeah. you're constantly worried for your kids. And she's yeah. like, oh man, what would parenting look like if you gave this up? Would you stop helicopter parenting? <laughs> would you just trust that your kid's going to come back with a scraped knee? We'll get a band aid. Okay. And it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably learn not to do whatever they were doing. Yeah. Come back. And for me, what I'm learning right now is giving up my relationships mm-hmm. and the anxiety over trying to help people mm-hmm. is the number one thing that I'm trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. I think that people are struggling with anxiety to various degrees and some people Mm -hmm. can self-identify that they're really, really struggling with it and they don't know how to fix this. And if that's the case, again, you should reach out to us at willowcreek.org. We have ways to help you. Mm -hmm. We have counselors that we have vetted and are approved and we would love to connect you with. But apart from that, at the end of the day, what we need to hold on to is what he says in verse seven, the peace of God will transcend all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Being that defense Mm -hmm. of future anxiety even, it changes who we are and changes the way we're going to approach the world going on. But it does mean that you have to give up all your understanding. So, Brendan, you might not be a concierge (laughs) after all. And I'm fine not being a marine biologist. I'll I'll lean on you. Yeah, you lean on me. I'll lean on you for the history. And together we can lose our anxiety. There you go. Thanks for joining us today for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. And follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag willowjourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.